Thank you very much. Thank you for that powerful kirtan, both of you. That was, I could hear it when I came through the gate up front. <laughs> so, people are probably wondering around out there thinking, what is that? <laughs> Why are those people sounding so happy? <laughs> so, <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're going to talk about friendship, one of life's greatest uh, gifts. And I've, I've given this class before. Actually, I completely changed it today. But I've used titles before like friendship, one of God's greatest gifts. So, but I thought I would go with life's greatest gift just to give it a different title. Then I decided to go with a whole different class. So it's good, but it's it's a good topic, isn't it? Yes. So friendship. Um, I've got some questions here I'm going to ask you. Um, friendship, one of life's greatest gifts. Do you agree? And you can write it down if you want to. Do we have a little pieces of paper? Yes. Yeah. So do you agree? That it's one of life's greatest gifts. It's okay if you don't. We won't criticize you. Not to your face, anyway. <laughs> Loosen up a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you agree? And why? Do you agree or not agree? Just to get your opinion, this is all anonymous. If you want it to be, if you want to be. Uh, unanonymous. What is unanonymous? Isn't there a word for unanonymous? Conspicuous. Conspicuous. You can be conspicuous <laughs> in your reply or anonymous in your reply. We will respect it. You know what? <laughs> so. So. Um, I had a page at one time that. <clears throat> had some definitions of uh, friendship from Webster, uh, Webster. And I don't remember all of them, but they sound kind of... Maybe I should, hey, somebody look it up. Google friendship or Webster friendship. One of the definitions was someone who's not a, an enemy. You know, it's just like Sometimes you can be fired on by the enemy or fired, receive friendly fire, someone who's not an enemy. So my point is that it gets pretty loose with definitions of, uh, of friendship. So Google says that friendship is the emotions or conduct of friends or the state of being friends, the relationship. All right, now look up friend. 
the, the, the dictionary always does that. It'll you'll look up friendship. It'll say someone who's a friend, you know, a person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of exclusive of sexual or family relations. And aren't there other ones? Um, a member of the Quakers. <laughs> wow. Then I don't have any friends. <laughs> that I know of. I mean, I might know some closet Quakers if they're <laughs> So, but one of those definitions that I noticed was someone who's not a, a foe, someone who's not an enemy. So, I don't, it doesn't sound uh, like a really good, warm and fuzzy definition when you actually see it in paper. We think we know what it means, so it sounds like good. You know, we mean it to be really good. So, um, but I want to talk about the, uh, tonight is the, the importance of friendship. And gee whiz, why is it so special? We think it's special. Most people think it's really special. Why is that? Anybody? Friendship? Yeah. It seems to be very important to us. That you can experience love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Through that friendship, we can experience love. Have we had two questions already? Yeah. Well, the first one is, what is friendship? Uh, the first one is, do you agree with the title that friendship is one of life's greatest gifts? And if so, or if not, why? Your reason for agreeing or not agreeing. So that's one and two. Yeah. But this is just an open question here. Um, so the, there can't be any actual enjoyment without friendship because um, if you don't have any friendship then basically there's no there's no giving there can be no giving involved right or sharing so it's like a selfish existence really if you think now the two of you have given a very elevated answer you answered from the heart of the devotees Very interesting. Uh, many places of different parts of the country, when I've asked that question, people think of it oftentimes in a material sense. It's good to have friends in case you need help. You know, you need help. Hey, look, I'm healthy. Can you come and bail me out? You know, or can you help me? Can you come and help me beat this guy up? <laughs> or, you know, something like that. So, but you, your answer, and your answer, based on the heart of a devotee. The heart of a devotee is going to reply like that. You know, you think of friends like that. Sorry, what was, what was the second question? And why? why? Oh, why? Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, it is real special to us. Uh, the reason I was thinking of, among others, is that it's uh, a reflection of reality. 
In reality, I mean the spiritual world, spiritual sky, our home, <coughs> the place that we come from. So it's full of friendship, but it's deeply uh, deep friendship, deep loving friendship. So these are uh, definitions that we don't see a lot of in the material world. At least I've looked in different encyclopedias online for definitions of friendship. And the definitions don't get that warm. They don't really get that, you know, loving, um, as if friendship is a really nice thing to have, maybe, but not um, essential. It's, it's actually essential to the living entity because it's part of who and what we are. In the spiritual world, we are surrounded by innumerable living entities. Innumerable. That's kind of hard to wrap our mind around when we say like that. It's better to say 50 trillion than innumerable because at least that means something to somebody, you know. It sounds like more than innumerable to, to a lot of people. <laughs> Did you have a question? No, I was just, I was just thinking that it just came to my mind that when we have friends, it, it helps us grow in many ways because it challenges us to have patience, have tolerance, and grow and grow in, like in your, in your own self. Like become more of who you are. At least here in the material world, I think. It helps you develop more. Yeah. You have different kinds of friends. You have those friends who are like mentors. Right. They help you grow. They give you a path to follow. Yeah. They give you a, a, some shelter when you need it. Shoulder to cry on sometimes. Place to go for really good advice. And it also gives you someone to be a shelter too, someone that you can mentor. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways, this friendship. And here you're in the middle, you've got the, the mentors and then you're the mentor too, you see. So, um, but it is the nature of the living entity to have deep friendship. We can't even imagine the depth of the friendships of the living entities in Goloka Vrindavan. All of us completely together are all eternal parts and parcels of Krishna. So we are linked together in an extremely loving way. You see, the kind of love where we don't really see any faults in one another. Now there may be some fault in this material world we may see in the devotees and our fellow man. But we have to kind of look past that or get around it somehow. You see, if someone has enough faults, that means we just, we'll try to be their friend, but we might not be able to associate with them very often, you know? I have one godbrother right now. I think you know who I'm talking about. I'd like to be friends with him, but he's always attacking, you know? Always attacking Ispan, and, you know? So I can't. I just can't as much as I'd like to say, hey, bygones be bygones, you know? In, in, the, in the karmi world, they'd say, no, it's bygones be bygones. Let's go have a beer. 
you know, devotee will always say, hey, bygones, be bygones. Let's, let's go have a lassi. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what it is. Let's go have some rasgula. Some delightful nectar. So, um, yeah, sometimes we just have to avoid. You know, we have, we have people we want to be, we can be their friend, like if they were broken down alongside the road, we'd stop and we'd help them, but we just can't associate with them on a daily basis. We have to steer clear of them, you know. So, it's like I've often said, it, it, we can be friends with our uh, with rattlesnakes. We just can't associate affectionately with them. You know, uh, we just can't. They have a strong tendency to bite you. So, and I don't know about you, but I haven't been able to get them to stop. Have you? No, you haven't had any success with them either, have you? <laughs> so, if Sergey can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> so I have to steer away from them, you know, I have to say, now you, I wish you to, I wish you well. However, <laughs> you stay over there, and I'll stay over here. You see? So, uh, but this friendship, my point is, this friendship comes from our eternal nature as parts and parcels of Krishna. We are by nature friends. So when we come to this material world, we lose a lot of our identification with ourselves. We lose it all. Why is that? Why do we lose all of our identification with our real self? When we come to Krishna consciousness, is that what you mean? No, when we <clears throat> when we come to this material world. Oh, because we get carried over by the illusion of illusion. Yeah. And how does that manifest? I was going to say before we. And the illusion that we are away from Krishna, so our, our friendship hurts. Yeah, we get covered over with material energy. We, we're away from Krishna. We wanted to be away from Krishna. And we start to identify with this place. And part of this place as being our home is this body that we inhabit. We start to identify with it. And we talk about this all the time, but we need to talk about it every day, this bodily identification, because that really and truly is our biggest problem. That is our biggest problem. It, having this body uh, is the reason for all of our suffering, whether it be suffering of the heart or <clears throat> suffering of pain, physical pain, internal pain, it's all because of our identification with being this body. And so it, it trips us up in so many ways. And I've said many times before, we can sit here and intellectually understand and agree, yeah, you're right, I'm not my body. I'm thoroughly convinced that I'm not my body. And we can all agree. And you walk out that door and within a few minutes, you'll be starting to make decisions based on the body again. It's so uh, ingrained in us. It's so hard. We have to think about it a lot. 
Uh, and we have to associate with people who will help remind us, you know, because it's a difficult one to overcome. It's the, uh, it's the biggest frontier for us to overcome that concept that I am my body. <clears throat> because if I am my body, then I've only got so much time to enjoy as much as I can. And I need to enjoy. I don't have the resources <clears throat> that I need to enjoy fully. And people who are wealthier, they feel the same way. I need more resources. And so even people who are extremely wealthy, they feel that I need to be enjoying more. And at some point, they probably get to the point where they realize that I don't really uh, have to have more money to enjoy, although I'm going to keep trying to get more money. But I need to refine and, 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 and start to manipulate the resources that I have to enjoy on a higher level. Because after all, I'm wealthy. I deserve to be enjoying on a higher level than you. You're not so wealthy. Why should you enjoy at my level? I'm rich. I'm rich. You see what I mean? That's the consciousness. So I was enjoying on one level when I was at your pay level. Now I'm at this pay level. I should be enjoying a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand times more, right? You see, well, that it doesn't work out that way. <clears throat> so I have to start to manipulate somehow or other the resources within this material world. That includes you. If I can manipulate you, or maybe I can squeeze you in some way, uh, manipulate you to give me some uh, enjoyment. So what types of enjoyment would I be talking about? Anybody? Your body. Huh? Your body. Yeah. Sense gratification. Sense gratification. And sense gratification comes in many different forms. It can come in the form of, now that I have profit, I also want some fame. Well, that'll give me gratification. I mean, you know, everybody knows who I am now, you see. By wherever I go, I'm the center of attention. And I can even act like I'm annoyed by it. Oh, no, I don't have time to give autographs, but if you insist. <laughs> oh, my public. You know. <laughs> you know. So, fame. After we get the profit, fame. Distinction. I want to be distinguished. I want uh, Academy Award. I want more Academy Awards than him. Make me more distinguished. You know, or I need a Pulitzer. Or I need some degree. I need, I need letters after my name. PhD. Whatever, you know. That way I can, I can have this distinguishment. And I'll be adored. If I can manipulate people in a certain way, uh, I can get adoration. People will adore me. That'll, give, that'll make me feel really good. So I'm famous. Oh, 
it's Jesse. Oh, everybody knows Jesse. I'm distinguished. Why, he's the greatest artist. See? And I just adore you and your work. Oh, you see, so I can manipulate. And of course, I've got all kinds of money. You see, does that, does that make any sense? So many people are like that. Sorry to pick on you. You're not like that. I know that. So, but uh, there are many people who are. So uh, we manipulate our friends. And our definition of friends are people who will spend some time with us and I can get some enjoyment. I can manipulate you in such a way that I can get some pleasure from you. However that might be. It could be physical. It could be mental. You give me mental pleasure. Uh, you make me... You make me feel uh, very proud of myself. You're so uh, attractive. When, I, when we're out together, why, you make me look more attractive. People will see me with you and they think, oh, wow, look, he's got that beautiful person with him. But it makes me feel more beautiful. You see what I mean? So I manipulate. And because of that, you're my very good friend. You know, because I'm receiving some real benefit. So this, this is how we see uh, material friendship. It manifests like that in varying degrees. And we all are guilty of it in some way or another. Uh, maybe some more than others, but we're all kind of guilty of that. So, and it's all because of this bodily designation. We don't know what we are. We don't know who, uh, who we are. So therefore, I don't know what or who you are. I don't know how to uh, relate with you on a spiritual basis. All I know is I want to manipulate you for something, some gratification, some enjoyment, you see. So uh, do we have our, uh, our answers? If we do, I'm going to start. Usually I forget and I do it at the end. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. How does a devotee deal with like, bodily demands? Because in one sense, like I'm thinking, like this is a vehicle for service. This body's a temple. On the other hand, there's like so many demands. Like you have to do everything. You have to cut your hair, brush your teeth, you eat, sleep. Sometimes it feels like the demands of the body just take up so much of our time. But sometimes it feels almost like frustrating. Yeah. It's like Why is my body always demanding so many things? It's because we have to service these bodies, don't we? We have to do it. So, everything that we do, including our bodily service, we should do as an offering to Krishna. You see? Now, I personally, without Krishna, may not care how I look, or smell, <laughs> you know. Maybe I, maybe I want to go out someplace and I haven't taken a shower today. And what do I care, you know? You see, I'm just going to go out and, and I don't care. I'm not going to meet anybody that I care about. You see what I mean? So, but you know, if you're bathing, even as an offering to Krishna, my dear Lord, you've given me this temple. This body is a temple. And so I cleanse it nicely, daily. I take good care of it. 
and give it proper nourishment. Being careful not to become hung up and thinking that that's my only service is to nourish the body. You say, no, I want to take care of this, nourish the body properly, uh, exercise it, keep it in shape, keep it, you know, uh, medicated properly. And, um, you know, even brushing your teeth, can be, you can think of that as an offering to Krishna because it really should be. You're keeping your body uh, clean and in good working order, presentable. That's an offering to Krishna. So therefore, when people see you, they say, wow, what an interesting person. You seem very nice, clean. Well, what are you all about? They may wonder like that. Extra nice person. If you're wearing nice, bright uh, Vishnu Tilak, they may even inquire. Hey, hey, groovy guy. Because that's what they're thinking. <laughs> you know, that's what they're thinking. They don't want to say it. They don't want to admit it. Because <laughs> it would be like admitting you're a lot more groovy than I am. <laughs> so they may say, hey, uh, now this is because I'm wondering if I should get with it too. <laughs> What's that on your forehead? Have I missed the beginning of the latest trend? <laughs> right? Well, because I'm interested. Why? Because you obviously care about yourself. You, it's obvious. This. So if you were just unshowered, unbathed, disheveled, mm -hmm. then I may think, look at that jerk over there. I wonder what that is on his head. You see what I mean? It's an impression. Well, you're, you're uh, recognized by people as being someone who probably cares. So therefore, there's something there about you. You care. And they may think, wow, I'd like to find out more about this guy. What is that on your head? You see? Now you can tell them. You can give this gives you a chance to talk to them about Krishna. Why? I'm a devotee of Krishna. <gasps> Please, tell me more. What's that? You see? I don't know how many times I've had that happen to me. People say, what's that on your head? <laughs> so, oh, well. Why are, why are you dressed like that? Are you like a monk? Uh, yeah. Really? What do you believe in? You know, well, first they'll ask, what kind of monk are you? Oh, I'm a Hare Krishna monk. Oh, what do you guys, what's your philosophy? So here you are in an airport, and you've got two hours to get on your plane, and somebody's asking you to preach to them? Does it get any better? <laughs> Why? Because I'm dressed like that. You know, you know so, but, uh, well, let me get to this first, and I'll go on with if you have any questions or comments, stop me at any time. Well, almost any time. Not quite any time. But almost. If it's not the right time, I'll tell you, okay? But it more than likely will be not the right, right time. time. This is <laughs> not the right time. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting closer. 
<laughs> All right, first, first question was, <laughs> do you agree that friendship is one of the greatest gifts in life? Uh, that I s seek out first after prayer and uh, enchanting with Krishna is a friend, and sometimes I need a friend. The most, uh, the most when I can't find God. Okay, all right. That's just the, that's this person's definition of friendship. Okay, that's good. What I, uh, what I seek, what I seek out first. Yeah, well, we, we, we do. We have a tendency to seek out friendship. You know, especially when we're in a jam. We're not feeling very well or we're feeling disturbed. Uh, or we, you know, we have a tendency. Yeah, yeah, I need a friend. We have a, something happening. We can't, a question in front of us, we can't answer. We don't know where to go. So, I, gee whiz, I could use a friend. So, that's a good one. Yes. So that answers the first one. Do you know this? Uh, yeah. Do you agree? Yes, this person agrees. Friendship ranks number one. It's nice to be able to confide with. Uh, confide, confide and share your innermost feelings with others. Confidentially and with trust. Friends don't need anything from each other. They simply help one another and enjoy others' presence. That's pretty great. Um, friendship ranks number one. It really does with everybody. It really does. Some people more than others. Some people feel like, well, I don't, I don't really need a friend unless I need a friend. You know? And some people are wise enough to know that I always need my friends. Maybe I don't have to have them right here this minute, every minute, but I always do need them. They're, why? Because they're an integral part of my life. You see? We should have relationships if we're successful as devotees. We have relationships with people that we call friends, and we feel that without you, my God, without you, there would be this incredible void in my life. I don't know what I'd do without you. You know? Now, um, you can see that being uh, having a loving relationship with a friend or whoever, or having a loving relationship makes you vulnerable. Right? Means you can be hurt. I can be hurt if you deny me your association. Well, that puts me in an awkward position, doesn't it? I'm depending on you so much because I love being with you and I cherish your association that without you I would feel uh, very uncomfortable. You see? So you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. So... Uh, the deeper that you love and care for someone, the deeper you can feel that way, isn't it? 
Does that make sense? So there is that downside to being deep, uh, having deep loving relationships with someone because I'm afraid what would happen and maybe I've been hurt before, you know? So gee whiz, I don't want to go there again. So let's just keep it on, on the surface. Let's be, what's that word, superficial. Let's have a, a good relationship. Meaning I don't really need you in my life. But it's kind of nice when you're there. You see what I mean? So, and this is where many people in the material world stop with their relationships. Even spousal relationships are often this way. Unfortunately, a lot of that. You can see it's easy, it's very easy to just drop someone out of out of your life. Well, gee whiz, I just don't think this is working out. You'll be hearing from my attorney. <laughs> see? I mean, 53% of marriages in, in America end in, in the, the D word, you see. So it's, so, and we haven't, we don't have any information. We have information on statistics on how many marriages end in divorce, but what we don't know is how many relationships end in, you know, how many loving, relationships in in some sort of uh, I hate you, get out of my life, never want to see you again. Or I'm leaving you and I don't ever want to see you again. But please don't go. You see what I mean? How much? And multiply that times year after year, decade after decade. Uh, and then fa factor in the divorces. <laughs> you see what we do to each other? See? So we're we're actually, if we look at the material world, we're not actually very good at this relationship business, are we? You see? Because we've gone through life and we've met so many, so many, num great number of people. So, where are they? For most people, they only have a few friends. Or one or twosies, you know. And I'm talking people my age that I talk to. You know, they don't understand. As a devotee, we accumulate. Well, the number of friends just keeps growing and growing and growing, you know? Friendships that are so sweet and wonderful that you don't have to have, uh, you don't have to wind them up like a clock. In other words, if you go away from your dear devotee friend and you don't see him for 10 or 15 years, you're in one part of the world and they're in another, you meet in India, you take off right where you left off. It's like not a minute has passed. You know? It's like I've got a friend in Dallas, Maturinov. You know, when I'm ever, I don't, sometimes I don't see Maturinov for a year or two. You know, I go through, I don't, I don't get to see him every time I go through Dallas. But every time we get together, it's like, wow, just starting off just like it like it always was, you know? A relationship never skips a beat. And I, I mean, I can think of many, 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 many others. It's like that. So in other words, 
we don't keep in daily contact with each other or monthly contact with each other. But man, as soon as we get together, or maybe once in a while we're on the phone or texting and just saying, hey, I was thinking of you, you know, looking forward to your association when we get together next time. So the relationships don't, they don't dim down, you see. You don't, and you can't lose them. You've reawakened an, an eternal relationship. That's the one wonderful thing about devotee association. You've reawakened eternal relationships. And that's one of the things that's so sweet about them. So, let me get these done and then read first. Yes, I agree. Okay. I feel like without friendship, life on earth would be too uh, bleak. No happiness. We get to share uh, ourselves and someone gets to share themselves too. That's what friendship is all about. Sharing with each, each other. Sharing with each other. Friendship is another thing that I thought about friendship is because I have friends like this, and I'm sure all of you do. You know, there's people in your life that you think they're really, really great people. But with anybody, there's things about them that are annoying. <laughs> I think Rhonda Sundry is laughing a whole lot at this. She probably I'm knows only, what I'm talking about. I'm the only one married in the room. <laughs> I'm sure he still annoys her. Come on. If if you're not gonna annoy your wife, who is other than Charlie? And he's a guy too. See what I mean? See what then the annoyance goes away. So but because of love, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because of love, you kind of look past those little annoyances. As a matter of fact, they're kind of part of what's kind of attractive about them in a way, you know? Isn't it? Because if, they, if your husband always did exactly what you would have done, and he thought exactly like you would think, after some time, he'd just be boring, you know? You know, you need somebody, I guess you need somebody around, especially if you're married, you need somebody around that makes you, that will say something occasionally that you say, are you crazy? What kind of a nut would say that? See, I mean, isn't that, but being able to love them so much that you think, that's why I care for you, because you're, because <laughs> you're helpless without me. <laughs> that's what a wife thinks. And the husband thinks, well, you know, I overlook your things that annoy me because I'm helpless without you. <laughs> I mean, I, I know husbands, people have been married for a long time. And when, when they pack to go out of town, when they're, they're going to travel with their wife, their wife is telling them, hey, where's my socks? 
There is a third drawer over there. Where, where's my sweater? It's right there. Over up in the closet. <laughs> Why don't you just let me pack for you? Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> no, there have been like that, you know. So, uh, yes, I agree. Uh, I would not go to. Uh, I would not go to or be in heaven. If I were alone, reciprocation is confirmation of enjoyment and pleasure. That's true. Reciprocation is completely important in a relationship. If there's, if there's not reciprocation, is there a relationship going on here? I mean, really? So, and that brings me to the verse, which I'm going to... Let me set this down here so I remember to work that into. You're wondering what verse is he going to read? Yes, because if we live a lonely, unsatisfied existence, friends share uh, friends share life and help one another be their best, uh, their best self, and learn. Oh, true selfless love, which truly satisfies the heart. Exactly. Selfless love. We, help, we share selfless love. Selfless love means because I'm not wanting you to love me for some benefit for, for me. Uh, I am loving you. You see? I'm loving you. Period. In other words, I'm not demanding, not asking or demanding anything in return. You see? If it works out that we love each other, that's a real bonus. But that shouldn't stop you from loving people just because they don't love you. Now, this doesn't make material sense, but it's absolute fact. Makes you feel better about love if you can love without feeling like the strings attached. I'm only going to love you if. Wow. You see what I mean? It just takes everything out of it. Or a lot, anyway. Uh, yes, I do think it is in this... Or in this context, it may be... It may bring association of a devotee. I don't, I don't read very well because my eyes are weird, so please forgive me. It's not that whoever wrote this writes badly. It's, I just don't read well. <coughs> and can exchange uh, back and forth to help each other and stay on the right path. On that same token, uh, friends can sometimes keep each other down. Hmm. That's a good point. Sometimes you have friends and they have a way of keeping you at a lower level than you want to or need to be. You know, you may be feeling poorly, you know, you may be feeling troubled. One friend says, well, I was reading in Bhagavad Gita what Krishna says, and you start to discuss that. Or then another friend might say, 
yeah, you know what? You really got it bad. Let's go smoke this or drink that. So you get, and those are friends too. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you were there for me. Yeah, I got some stuff that'll knock you out. Oh, I'm so glad that I have you. I know I can depend on you. Yeah. So one friend is bringing you up. Another friend is kind of tugging you down. So you're in the middle here. So, uh, you know, it gives value to the saying, choose your friend wisely. Define what is friend first. You know? Um, sometimes people... Um, subconsciously define a friend as someone who shares the same neuroses as you do. You're just as crazy as I am. See? A good example, I like to use this example, if I do heroin, you're probably going to think that I'm an idiot. Are you crazy? You what? That's insane. Whereas someone else may say, yeah, me too, dude. Oh yeah, you got any? Yeah. You see what I mean? So now, oh, we just link together. You and me together. Our neuroses are matching up. The rest of them think we're crazy. We're not going to tell them because we're buds. So we do, we do our nonsense together. So you make me feel good about me and my nonsense. It's insane. I'm destroying my body. And it could be with alcohol, gambling, or, you know, whatever. It's so many different things, you know. But because you're nutty in that way, that I'm nutty, you seem like a good, a good friend. We've got that in common. We've got that bond. You see? So... Uh, Friends like that are not that difficult to find. They're really not. You just have to find, you have to get yourself into a crazy spot, find somebody that's as crazy as you are, and you got a relationship, you see? And even in a negative relationship like that, you can see past their things that are annoying because they always have good stuff, you know? They're always there when you need them. You see what I mean? Maya, the illusion of thinking I am my body and so are you. Oh my God, I'm so lucky. I found another person that believes they're their body. So we can go uh, entertain our bodies together. Let's see. Let's go be in Maya together. So uh, different kind of friendship. There are friendships who say no. No, you don't want to do that. Now let's, let's discuss, according to Guru Shadu Shastra, why that particular thing that you do like to do or think you want to do is not good for you and that you shouldn't. That you should admit that abandon it. You see? Uh, because they care. So let's move on to the verse. Uh, yeah, reciprocation. Uh, that's 
tremendously important. Uh, the verse that I kind of picked at the last minute, I remembered this verse and I thought, this is, I got to change <coughs> the verse that I usually use to Bhagavad Gita 929. Krishna says, Ye bajantim tu mam bhaktya maite teshu Krishna says, I envy no one. Yeah, I can see that. Nor am I partial to anyone. He envies no one and he's partial to no one. I am equal to all, but. Whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. So, wow. Friendship, one of life's greatest gifts. But this life itself is a gift of Krishna. So doesn't friendship, like everything else, doesn't that come from him too? And so... Now that we're on this level, the spiritual level, Krishna's saying that if you do some loving devotional service to me, then I'm, you're, I consider as if you were within me, meaning we're close. I'm your friend. You're my friend, you see. Now, why does he want you to do service? You think he can't find anybody to wash his car? You know? Tell you what, you do service and uh, maybe sweep up, wash my car, then I'm your friend. You know, doesn't sound very Krishna-like, does it? You know? No. Because I want to reciprocate. I want to, I want a reciprocal relationship with you but you're doing only for yourself. And those whom you try to manipulate, you know, you'll do for them and they do for you, which is called, as we've learned from politics lately, quid pro quo. You've heard that in the news a lot, haven't you lately? Quid pro quo, pro, quid pro quo. I'll do for you if you'll do for me. But if you don't do for me, I'm holding back, you see. Well, Krishna's not really like that, but you have abandoned him. So if we're going to have this relationship back together, take the step. You take the step. You become my loving devotee. Krishna wants you to surrender to him because he wants to surrender to you. That's what lovers do. They surrender to one another. That's what. That's all he wants. Krishna says, for those, uh, I forgot that passage. I don't think I brought it with me. For someone who offers him a ghee lamp on the full moon of uh, the month of Damodar, which was Monday, Krishna says that I owe you so much just for offering me a ghee lamp on that full moon, that I don't have enough money in my account to pay you what I owe you. So I have to give you myself. 
Can you imagine that? Krishna is saying, that act of love makes me, it's so valuable to me, I can't cover the debt. I become so indebted to you, I can't cover it. Wow, the richest guy, the richest of the rich says, I can't cover that debt, so I have to give you myself. I have to become your indentured servant. That's what it used to be uh, when someone didn't have money to pay their uh, their debts. They become property of the, <laughs> the, the one that they owe the money to. Krishna's saying like that. I have to give you myself. You see, so this is his heart. And, and what did you do? You offered him a lamp. Of course, the, the, the caveat is with love and devotion. You see, you got to throw it in the love and devotion. So let me read it again. I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. I am equal to all. But whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend, is in me. And I am also a friend to him. You see, and this isn't a new establishment of the relationship with Krishna. This has always been there. It just, what if you, it didn't, it's not that you made friends with Krishna by offering a lamp or doing some devotional service. You're awakening your devotional consciousness. You're getting this loving relationship, reciprocal relationship with him back. You see, actually, you, you, you always had it. You're getting your consciousness of it back. You see, he's ready to go. And he is reciprocating because he's fulfilling all of your desires, birth after birth after birth. He's just saying, let's stoke up our loving relationship again. Let's do it. Show me some devotional service. Chant my holy names. Start to be, perform devotional service. And what happens? Do I give you anything? No. You will clear off, Chaito Darpatam Marjana, you will clear off the dust of the mirror of the mind. You'll start to realize this relationship that you put on the shelf with Krishna. You start to realize who you are and that you've always had this. You just lost contact with it. You forgot. You were trying so hard to enjoy the material energy that you forgot all about Krishna. It doesn't mean that you're a bad, rotten person. From the position that you found yourself in by your own choosing, when you come to the material world, you do have to try real hard here, don't you? I mean... Where is there a living entity that uh, has it really that easy? It's like you were saying, Atul Govinda was saying earlier, uh, even a rich person, they still have to bathe their bodies, brush their teeth. You know, they wake up and they may have a zit. You know, <laughs> they're diagnosed with cancer happens all the time. And even if they don't have a complexion problem or cancer, sooner or later, they're gonna get old. 
you see, it's tough. It's tough being in bodily consciousness. It's hard. You have to focus on it. It's like, uh, you ever see a bird? You know, like when you're in the park, you'll see a bird. They'll come down. Sometimes I would put something out and, you know, for the birds to eat, and they come down and they look around. Like, is there anything around that's going to catch me and eat me? You know, it's danger at every step, and they know it, you see. So that is the nature of this material world. Danger could be some creature, some other human being. See, could be your health, could be who knows what. Economic destruction. There's so many things that we're always worried about because that's attached to being in bodily consciousness. You see, when I'm in spiritual consciousness, none of that matters. It doesn't matter. The more I am in spiritual consciousness, the less uh, economics have to matter to me. So, are there any questions, comments, discussions? Yeah. Just wanted to comment about the reciprocation. It's like um, when we take up devotional service, it's like um, like Krishna. He's already, like you said, he's already reciprocating with us by facilitating all this for our desires and giving us shelter, food, clean water to drink. Like he's always. He's always uh, serving us, maintaining yeah. us. And it's, he's kind of like sort of waiting on us to make the first move in a way to kind of get that going. Yeah. So that you can awaken your consciousness <laughs> that he's really taking care of you. I mean, um, God is the source of everything. Everything comes from God. So whatever we get that nourishes us doesn't come from Whole Foods or Walmart or from that farmer over there. It comes from Krishna. It's the source of everything. And it's always been there for us. Now, most of the time we're not grateful. <laughs> we think it should be better or more. You know, and typically because there's not enough or we're not grateful or whatever it's because of our it's it's our fault that it's that way see and so we may wonder why am i suffering like this how come he's got it so much better you know well this person's taller this person is more handsome this person's richer this person has person has more lovers this one's more famous this one's more adored Suffer, suffer, suffer from, from the heart. And there's really nothing wrong. It's just, you know, I've got myself convinced that I've got it so bad. <laughs> so when you start to perform loving devotional service, you realize, wow, I've got you, Krishna. <clears throat> when you can realize that, all these other needs, uh, perceived needs, they just kind of start to fade and fizzle away. You've got Krishna, what, do you, what could you possibly need? What could you really want? Except union 
with all these other parts and parcels, all the other living entities. I want my position with Krishna, and I also want my position with you. We, we are all eternal part and parcel. I, I need my relationship with Krishna, and I need my relationship with you. All of you, meaning when I say you, the innumerable living entities. That's mine. I want it back. You know, not just having a few or several great friends. I'm entitled here. I'm entitled to innumerable, eternal friends of the top degree. I want to have friends with parts and parcels of God. And you know what? I am. I just have to polish my consciousness up and come back into that realization. You see? I'm a close, loving uh, associate of the Supreme Godhead and all of you as well. But we're rediscovering that, aren't we? We're just rediscovering that. That's coming back to us little by little. <clears throat> That's, some people call that spiritual realization. I'm just realizing nobody is empowering you. You're already empowered. My, the empowerment really is I'm letting you know that you're empowered. You're an eternal part and parcel of Krishna. You're a fragmental part of Krishna eternally. I'm just trying to get you to realize that. That's the empowerment. You are empowered. So, what else? Yeah. Uh, I was just also kind of thinking about when you asked this, like, so why do devotional service? Like, why does Krishna want that? And to me, I guess it doesn't really answer why Krishna wants it, but I was just kind of thinking, because you said, you know, like our life is a gift that he gave us. Like all the lives that we've lived through, like and that he's giving us um, like he's fulfilling our desires that way. So like the least we can do once we're aware of who he is and our friendship with him and how much he loves us is to offer some devotional service. Like it's the least we can do. Yeah. I mean it's kinda of like um, he's performing uh, eternal service to us. You know, I mean, even in even in not so loving ways, you know, <clears throat> Prabhupada mentions in the purport here that Krishna is like a desire tree. It fulfills your, whatever it is you desire, he'll fulfill that desire. He'll give it to you as soon as you get it. You see? It's like uh, you say, I want to be an atheist. I don't want to believe in God. I want to be an atheist. Krishna says, okay, here's your faith. Nothing comes, uh, everything comes from God. Nothing comes from anything but him. So I want to be an atheist. Krishna says, here's your faith. Now off you go. Let me know how that works for you. So I want to be a Buddhist. Buddhist, hey, here, let me see. Uh, let's see. Yep. There's your Buddhist faith. Off you go. You know? Well, I want to be 
Okay, here you go. Krishna, I just want you. Oh, come here. <laughs> See, with all the other faiths that you need, take them and go. Go your separate way. Go. Exercise your faith. And if you say, but Krishna, I just want you. Well, now you don't go anywhere. Come here. You, you've stopped this going away to do something else. Even if it's religion. You know, I want my faith to go practice a religion. Krishna says, why don't you just give it up? I just, come here. No, I really want to be a Scientologist. It interests me a lot. You know, Krishna, I know you mean well, but I've been reading up on Scientology and I'm really into it. Okay, here's your Scientology. Off you go. Anyway, let me say, <laughs> Krishna, I don't understand the purpose of religion now that I've got you. You know, I just, I just want you. Krishna says, well, come and sit down. So you can sit right here. <laughs> no need for you to go off and do your thing if you just want him. So this is this performance of devotional service. Loving devotional service is performed. I don't want anything in return. I don't want faith. I want to go beyond faith. I want you. If I've got you, now, I mean, now that I know Sergei, do you think I have faith that a Sergei exists? No, I know that there's a Sergei. And I've got him. You see what I mean? I associate. So this all, this uh, superficial faith, maybe there's a guy like Sergei out there someplace. Maybe someday I'll meet a Jesse or a a lot of sundry, or, you know, it, no. When it happens, the faith is gone. We only think that we need faith, we have to hang on faith because we're desperate, we don't have. If I don't have, I need faith. Once I get, I forget all about faith, right? It just works that way. So that is this performance of loving devotional service. But if you perform loving devotional service, it clears it all away. And you realize that I have Krishna. I just got this funny image in my head based off of what Sergei was just saying a moment ago. It's like, um, imagine somebody gets you like a thousand Christmas presents like all individually wrapped with bow ties and you're just kind of scratching your head and you feel really embarrassed because you forgot to get them anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know we were exchanging gifts. <laughs> oh, shucks. I didn't bring you anything. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we learn different symptoms of spiritual advancement. Like we become detached from things that we used to be inclined towards, we have more taste for chanting and 
So when you're when you were speaking about um, po poisonous creatures, you know, like because we learned about like Prahlad Maharaj, he was he was like a pit of poisonous serpents. He didn't even, it didn't phase him at all because he just you know, Krishna will protect me, etc. And like there's different stories where like Haridas does work. It was like a, a serpent in his cave. Mm -hmm. he, like, he didn't even like care it was there. Like, the people that came to visit him, they they couldn't handle it because like, there's a snake right next to me. Like, like, yeah. I can't stay here. So is, is that a symptom of advancement? Because I find myself just as wary and averse as ever to like, poisonous creatures. <laughs> well, it just shows that we're not on the level of Prahlad Maharaj or Haridas Thakur. If I see a black widow or something, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very diverse. Well, yeah, you got to get... <laughs> Didn't the snake leave? He's like, oh, he's cheating. He, he asked right the there. snake to leave. Oh, he did. He asked. Yeah. Him. I thought the snake left voluntarily. So, yeah, I mean, if I find a, a rattlesnake in the room, I'm going to leave and work on getting, getting him out of there. I'm going to try not to hurt him, but, you know, if I have to, I will. You see, Srila Prabhupada went to visit Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta one time, and when he, he was on the road, he looked up, and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was looking out of uh, an upstairs window. And between Prabhupada, where he was on the road in the building, there was a poisonous snake. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, he started, he, he told people around, kill it! It wasn't because he was mean. There's people around. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. Someone could die. They may die before they get their consciousness, their Krishna consciousness back there. They're trying to be devotees of Krishna. You see? So, uh, but now this, you mentioned detachment. And in the beginning, uh, we may get a little too into this detached mood. Well, I'm in a detached mood. And so the devotees try to be detached. And so that's good. But we don't know yet what to be detached from. So we're trying to be detached from everything. I remember back in the 70s, it was like, I'm detached. So, but if you detach yourself from loving friendships... What kind of fool are you? You see what I mean? Some people went so detached, they got so detached from, from having, they, they were detached from everything, including close loving friendships, and today, decades later, they're struggling with it. You know? And that's sad. There are a few people like that. That is sad. But you can't argue the fact that they're detached. It reminds me of what Krishna said, what does repression accomplish? <laughs> yeah. Really? So, we don't detach ourselves. We attach ourselves to loving relationships. Not just with people that agree with us. You see? Not just people in this room or in this movement or, or, or in this state or this country. 
or this political arena that we, you know, this party or that party. No, we're not. We have to get above that. See, we have to deal with, uh, if, if I'm not my body, then neither are you. We're on, we're on a, there's a much bigger level out there. And just because you can't see that you're not your body doesn't mean that I have to think of you as your body. Does that make any sense? Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean I can't see you as not your body. You may not. No, I can't if I want to. Can you, can you briefly describe the difference between repression and like voluntarily accepting principles for the sake of advancement? Yeah, repression means I still have the desire, but I'm trying to hold back on it. See? It's like um, it's like air in a balloon. It's it's repressing the captive air. You see what I mean? Whereas uh, If I perform devotional service, if I chant Hare Krishna, the desires will go away. How? Because I start to desire everything for Guru and Krishna, for Guru and Krishna's satisfaction. And after some time, I'm not thinking so much about what is for my satisfaction. I still might once in a while, but it gets a lot less. You see what I mean? You, we go from thinking of everything that we do for our own good and our own satisfaction. And then we start to do what we do for Guru and Krishna's satisfaction and for the welfare of all living entities. And that starts to grow, and so we're not repressing. Does that make any sense? Yeah, like in that intermediate phase where we're not completely purified, well, then it's, then it's mixed. Some you're repressing and some you're not. It's like faith. In the beginning we have full faith in Maya. I can get some enjoyment from this material world. I know it. If I work hard enough, if I make the right connections, if I get the right education, at the right school, I know I can do it. So I have faith in the material energy. I'll be ecstatic. I'll get a wonderful spouse, and great, uh, a great life. So then we start to develop some faith in Krishna, the spiritual life. So then we go into, we enter into the position of being in mixed faith. We still have faith in Maya, but we have faith in Krishna too. And then the faith in Krishna grows. And as that happens, the faith in the material energy starts to dwindle until we have full faith in Krishna, which means we have no faith in the material energy. Well, we have faith. You know, we have faith that uh, if I intermingle with the material energy, I will suffer, and I have faith in that. I know it will happen. You know. So it, it, our consciousness changes. Does that make any sense? Can somebody interpret Krishna's words, like what does a repression accomplish, to think anytime I have an urge, it's just, because I don't want to repress. Like, 
I mean, some people do interpret it that way. So when I have the urge, I should just do it. And for some people in the past that I've witnessed, it, it has helped a little bit. Mostly, though, we have success, or at least they say it does. Mostly we have success in um, changing what, whatever it is you're repressing. What, uh, you want to enjoy, and you're repressing it. All right, so break it down. What is it that you want to enjoy? Well, I want to enjoy opulent food stuff. Okay, offer it to Krishna with love and devotion. Take as much as you want. Well, I want to, I, I, I want to, I want to have sex life. I want to mate. All right, then do it according to religious uh, principles. You see, Pure, you know, purify, purify your desire for uh, eating, purify your desire for mating. You can do it; it's not a sin. The way you wanted to do it might have been sinful, but you can purify the way of mating to where it's not sinful. Just like the way you wanted to eat was sinful. I want to eat what I want. If I want chicken, I want chicken. If I want steak, I want steak. What's wrong? I've had people tell me, what's wrong with that? Well, you purify your eating. Purify your sex life. Purify your sleeping. You don't sleep all the time. You know, you sleep at certain times. Purify your defending. You know, don't, first of all, the devotee should, should be not so defensive. Defending may be, I defend my life and your life, you know. Uh, I may de be defensive in that I'm uh, storing up or accumulating a little bit of an extra reserve fund. That's a, a method of defense. I'm defending against the turn in the economy, losing my job if I have a family. You see, so I may build some little fund to take care of. But it's not that I'm uh, defending for some gross reason, you see. Typically people are they're in a defensive mode because they've done something to agitate the police or other people or, you know. So. Or maybe you, you know, some people feel that, well, I'm responsible, I have a family, and I need to be able to defend my home, so I need a weapon. What's wrong with that? For millions of people a year, that turns out to be a good choice, yes. <laughs> it comes down to what you, you did. You know, nothing wrong with that. I actually have a question about that. So, say in the event, someone unfortunately had to kill someone for self-defense, what kind of karma would that incur? If you killed someone out of self-defense? Yeah. Little to none. Nothing bad would happen. Huh? Nothing bad would happen. 
Like in the Jiu Legally, legally you're allowed to do that. Self-defense, depending on the, the law. But the law becomes the act of conduct. Yeah, even the local law, even the local law says, okay, hold harmless. We're going to hold your hand because you, and you have, you have not only a right, but a duty to maintain your human life, to maintain soul and body and soul. You have a duty to do that. So if someone is attacking, it's not that we say, oh, gee whiz, here you are. You're going to kill me. Gee whiz, that's too bad, but go ahead. Right. You know, that's not smart. It's like, you might say, is there any way I can talk you out of this? And then you may have to defend yourself. I mean, uh, what did Krishna ask Arjuna to do? Oh, kill. Kill. A lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. What does he want? He said, "What are the qualities of a good friend, Gurudev? How do I know if I'm a, being a good or bad friend?" Uh, by the result of your actions. By the way, we miss you. Hope you feel better. All of us, all of us, wish you were here. We miss you. So, but by the result of your friendship. You know, is your friendship to manipulate? You know, is your friendship to hurt, to help people, not lift people? You can tell by the result. You know, the result in what way? How does the other person feel? Well, what if the other person? What if you're being trying to be kind? What if the other person doesn't have the same? They have like a negative response. Yeah. Well. Then you can't tell from that one from that person, but you're going to tell from some people that when you extend your friendship, they become friendly. And if I'm truly being a friend, then I'm making you Krishna conscious. If I'm not making you Krishna conscious, I may be a quasi friend. You see what I mean? But if I'm making you Krishna, if I'm helping you find Krishna, is that the is that dependent on the other other person's consciousness? Well, we have on to have how, enough, how deep the relationship. We have to have an effect on their consciousness. <clears throat> Being a friend to them is going to help. But we can see with Govinda Madhava, he has that effect on people. He's he's able to awaken people's consciousness. That's a that's proof that he is an effective friend. Now, it may not happen with everybody. But he gave it a shot. Yeah. You know? Not everybody is going to become enlivened. We, we give Krishna consciousness and not everybody takes it. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means they're not ready to... I mean, actually what it means is they're not finished suffering yet. Thank you. But uh, I like what you said. Boy, this philosophy sounds really cool. But I think I'm going to continue on the route I'm going right now. 
Because you know what? I think maybe that I can, I still have faith in the material energy. I think that I might be able to come happy and satisfied on the, on the route I'm going. Although it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked yet. But you know what? Just maybe. People are going to do like that. That's okay. We're, as they say, here for them. When you've had enough, then we're still here for you. It's not that we're going to tell people when they come back and say, yeah, well, I want to try this Krishna consciousness. No. We don't say, too bad, that door's closed. Turn around, walk right back up. We don't do that. Krishna doesn't feel that way. That's not Krishna's attitude. So it's not our attitude. So we can observe the success of our efforts with the ones that actually, actually when it happens? Right. Okay. And we have to keep in mind that the results of our activities belong to Krishna. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. So we, it's hard, it, this is really hard, but we shouldn't be attached to the results of our sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to people making devotees, that's next to impossible because we're attached. We want these people to become Krishna conscious. We're attached to it. It's like when you're distributing books, you go out to distribute books, you're attached to the people taking the books. You see? Aren't you? You won't. If you go out and you approach 100 people and only two people take a book, you're kind of disappointed, aren't you? Well, you kind of shouldn't be because the results of your activity belong to Krishna. But out of love and compassion, I really wanted these people to take these books. Out of, out of love and compassion, you really wanted to awaken people's uh, consciousness. So you're attached. You're attached to it. That's okay. I don't see any way out of it. We get attached to people taking up this Krishna consciousness. We want them to. We really, really want them to. Does that answer? Yeah, I don't know if there's other things that can add to that, but I was... I was oh, we can, we can yeah. talk while I eat. Yeah, I just was, because I don't think I, I... I have a lot going on. I can, I can, a lot of... Just like a lot of runners too, I just, I'll talk to you later. later. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of so many different things and so much. Yeah. That goes with that, you know. Oh yeah, it gets deep and deep. There's different layers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's because you care. If you didn't care, then you would say, oh, okay. What's next? Because you have compassion and you care. How about with that said, where do you draw? Well, not maybe. I guess you could say, where would you draw the line between compassion and detachment? Give me an example. Um, well, compassion, you know, you, I guess, well, kind of like, I guess what, what Kind of answered my question, or you answered it already by saying the results are actually belong to Krishna. 
but I'm attached to the result. Well, like when you have your like well, wait, but don't think about that. The, you do the yajna, and so the results of the yajna belong to Krishna, and you shouldn't be attached to them. But we do the yajna of preaching, and the results of that belong to Krishna, and yet we're attached. Why are we attached? Because I want this result because I know it pleases Krishna. I know he wants these people, these, these uh, living entities to come home back to Godhead. I know he wants to embrace them. And because I know he wants it so badly, I'm really attached to my success. Well, so the compassion is you know that the, these people need it as well. Right. Out and, and you have the realization that they don't have a prayer unless you're successful. They're just going to they're going to remain lost unless you're successful in your efforts to preach to them. Which kind of makes you even more attached, you know, to success. Govindarva asked one more question. He said, what is the most effective way to encourage a friend who may be wavering in their Krishna consciousness? Show them as much love as possible. And let them know <laughs> that I'm with you. I'm with you, you know. I don't want you to think that because you're wavering in your Krishna consciousness that I'm going to throw you out. As a matter of fact, if you're wavering in your Krishna consciousness, I think we, we need to be closer. I just shut down the What happened? Your phone went out? It died. Well, it, it died by no time. Now he's going to have to come over. You don't have your charger? No. <laughs> and what did we learn, Dorothy? <laughs> Is that your phone? Yeah. It's like fire on fire right now. <laughs> Is it hot? Yeah, it's pretty hot. <laughs> All right. Since the, the world just up and left us, didn't it? <laughs> Krishna had compassion on the rest of the world out there and <laughs> zapped her battery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can still talk. Hey, uh, yes. Sudhika? Uh, yes. Where is this? This green. I can't recognize it. The Chinese with pink. Uh, like green? Green pink, yeah. Okay. This one? This was a trucking. That's uh, mm. yeah. That's why well, I didn't make that. That's nice. I didn't make that. Well, I was this millet and um, this is the millet and uh, long bean. Yeah, long bean. Those are good stuff. Is it the millet? The, I've been the, pushing it at my work. Did it taste yeah. I was so worried. Has anybody said anything? They're saying stuff about it. I like the well, I mean, I try to wear a little water, 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 but yeah. I, sometimes I'll. But it's okay. 
accidentally make it too thick. I'm not going to be picky. And I show up. <laughs> I can see they're looking at it. I'll just criticize you when you're not around. Like add it all together. He said it that way, like, yeah, it, like it was something unintentional. Like, so I was like, what's, you got some stuff on your forehead. What's, what's up <laughs> like that? And I was like, oh, like, it's a, you know, it's a lot of people. I was like, well, it's a little bit of a conversation. Oh, okay, no, yeah, cool. He's like, I just, I remember that. He's like, I just didn't know how to make it. I was like, I don't see what he told us to do. He told me a story a little bit. It was like his wife, like, wanted to do this, she or something. Your doll's great. What's it called? Remember that video I was showing you the other one? Yeah, I, I was, I, mean, I got some help um, with that. I got taught for the first oh, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how to make doll. I actually, okay, so I didn't know about... No, it's pretty about, easy. It's like, really easy. Mm -hmm. I learned that, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's so delicious, right? Oh, yeah. I had that like, exact reply. It's super duper good for Because when I went and sat down there on the edge like that, she's like, she was like freaking out because the, the edge is like, it was like this, like it was pointed like this and it was that small, like mm -hmm. just like that. You're good. And I went and I sat I was like, and it was like literally the edge. And she was like, you know, where was like, I'm going to tell you what happened while I cook. I really it's really not me cooking. It's really not me cooking. Okay. No, I'm just I'm being very happy. It really feels like because like I'll be putting the the spices and I'll use like you know like there'll be like pretty good amount of spice and I'll just like kind of wave it over over the dish like to to season it, but it feels like I know when to stop. I know when, and it, I know that's Krishna because there's nothing else that can describe. It's like an intuitive. It's Radharani. Radharani. See, that was like yeah. Radha is in charge of the kitchen. Okay, so it's definitely Radharani. Definitely Radharani. So it happens Krishna every single time. Krishna doesn't have to cook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's got Radharani. Because yeah. yeah. the way that the uh, Nepalese or Indian people teach me. It, they don't have any measurements. Right. They're kind of just putting it. And so I just observe them. I really just watch, I just observe them as they're teaching me. And then I just kind of try to mimic it. But in my, in a, in a, in a, in a way where it's, it's like, it's like Radharani just takes a hold of my hand. She's like, okay, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. So it never There's feels like time. it's actually me cooking. It really feels like Krishna yeah, yeah. or Radha. Radha well, just be <laughs> conscious about what you're doing and don't let any clumps. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I've seen some people when they're cooking and they don't shake like they get a big clump. Yeah, it's, like, wow. yeah. <laughs> it's happened with me. It's happened to. Yeah, that's that's what I noticed when I'm really like really present, I'm really there. 
in, in cooking, everything just goes, it's like perfect. She moves my hand in the right way. Everything is just, she's like, it's like she's really working through me. And I can feel it. I could feel her taking over everything. Those are like snow peas. These are great. You know the peas that are like long and kind of thick, and you open them up in their little pods. Yeah. Well, they're like that, but I I slice them in really thinly. Yeah. Yeah. It gives it yeah. It gives it kind of like a, a nice texture too. Because the potato can be kind of it's like kind of somewhat soggy and I don't think I'm gonna do Oh no, Mother Krishna gave me the shirt. She gave me two of them. I didn't see her. Yeah. Yeah. She's still here. I think I think what keeps her going is serving the, de- the deities and our, the deities in the temple. Like that's what keeps her going. You can say because she can't do much. She can't do much, but she does what she can. She serves those deities. So she dresses Radha and Krishna every Sunday. She really is like. Like very like, she just every little detail you can tell she just every she's just uh, she's an actually amazing person. I, you're just watching her. You just watch her. She's totally into She's really she gets completely absorbed in every little thing. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah, like she just took, <coughs> I, had, I had the sabji done and the rice, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to make the offering right now. Do you want, do you want me to, do you want me to offer your food? I said, I would love, I would love to. And so she took the plate, I was like, do I just put it on the plate? And she's like, yeah, just put it on this plate really nicely, put tosi on it, and then just give it to me and I'll offer it with my, with my plate uh, that she prepared. And I was like, okay, and then I, we offer it, and then she came back, and she was really happy. She got, she was like really happy, like a little kid. She was like, thank you so much. She's like, Krishna likes variety. <laughs> he's just, he's just like, he just always gets the same old thing. It's nice for him to get something really different. And I was like, oh, my God, that was just so sweet. He's got this reciprocal, personal, loving relationship, kind of like mother and son in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, can you yeah. give me some more of that cup? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
you see one of those beginning? electric ones that you can... I was trying to like spell out the letters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know what you're going to do Oh, yeah, it's not like that I had like a... It's not like a serious... It's just that it's all like... I, with my, reali- with my realization of that, it's just like I understand that you can do what you can you know, you can have just really sincere intentions, you know, towards sharing this message of Krishna, the sharing of philosophy. You can have that, and then, but it's really up to Krishna for, with anything. Like, it's up, it's up to him. And so you can't really, like, even when it comes to relationships with people, you can do your best, and, but some people are just... They don't want that. They don't want that with you. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, that's okay. You don't, and that's what you're speaking about detachment. You can't be overly attached to it. Then you get yourself into entangled in this like whole emotional wreck. Yeah. Okay, what if you're trying to make somebody uh, a devotee? And after 10 years, he's still not committed. And then, after 20 years, they're still not committed. And then, after 30 years, they're still not committed. What I see is that they're not, they still have some desire, they still have attachment, you know. And maybe they're just not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. Because you could try your heart. You, sometimes you could, you can spend years trying to really get to people. Trying to decades, decades. In your case, decades. But like they're just not ready. They're not ready. And I feel like they still have to go through go through some things the material energy has to burn them some more and then they can have that conviction develop that conviction you're still attached to them doing the best thing for them but you just want to realize that they're not yeah and I think that's what true I believe that's what true compassion is that's what is being completely detached that's what real that's what it really means to be have compassion for somebody in the Krishna conscious context of, of the word compassion that's transcendental compassion when you're offering everything as an offering to Krishna if it doesn't work it doesn't work they're not ready and that's okay you know and we could say so many different things why did they do this I did this yeah you don't give up of course you don't give up on anybody no we shouldn't give up. like Krishna. Krishna's always yeah. ready. Yeah, and then like how they yeah. like, this maneuver is costing me 150 yeah. years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Had, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. had that. Yeah. I just had that happen yeah. after 43 yeah. years. Then somebody yeah. came around. Wants to be initiated. <laughs> after 43 it takes, years. It takes that. <laughs> it takes them having to go through that. That. All that suffering, they still need to go through it. Because I, I think, I think, I don't know how much suffering that I had to go through to even come to this realization that all I want is Krishna. Like I imagine what I had to go through 
Well, in previous lives, of course, but and in this life, in this life, and in this life, yeah. What to speak of previous previous lives, billions of lives. Are you talking about? You know, so gluttons for punishment. Yeah, yeah. Look what we did to ourselves for so long. Yeah. Now it's the waves. No, I mean, yeah. He thinks everything else is Whenever he's up here, I'll pass by. Even sometimes we're in a position where it seems like it's just raining down on us. It's just bad. The devotee realizes this is just my reaction. I mean, it's not that we just get hopeful, beautiful, me. This is my reaction. It's just like what it is. And when you know you can end it, it's not like it's so bad anymore, right? Yeah. I remember some things in my childhood when I was young. I remember thinking, my life is I'm in hell. Like yes, a, right a party. <laughs> even yeah. When I would go to church and the minister would be talking yeah, about hell, I'd be wondering, like, could like, hell possibly like, be any like, worse than my life? But then, yeah, after I started chanting Hare Krishna and started the social it's like it's like it doesn't matter so much. You just forgot it. It doesn't bother me that is my that life is gone. It just was. But it's gone. It's gone. Well, that's next door. I think another realization we have to come to is that we have to literally. We have to be so burnt out that there, we. That there's like we realize there's nothing, nothing in this world, nothing in this world that can really give me that and satiate this like this burning desire I have. Nothing but Krishna. But you have to come to that. But if you still have faith, like you say, you still have faith in the material energy. If you still feel like there, can, you could still get something out of it. Maybe if I try one more time. I do one more time. One more life. Well, this life. Let's try. This time I know how. I know how. I could try to manipulate things in a certain way, and maybe I could try and try. But it's always going to fail and fail and fail and fail. You're going to smash on your. You're going to just be smashed by the material energy over and over and over and over again. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's how. That's how this material world works. But we don't understand that guarantee. We tried it enough to yeah. And imagine how many how many lives we've tried over and over and over again. We can't even imagine. We can't even imagine. How many creations have we been here? How many cycles me, of yugas? Gives me chills just thinking about it. How many brahmas have come and go since yeah, we've been here? Exactly. Brahma lives for billions of years. How many brahmas have taken birth and died with us still here going around and around? Think about that. We've been here longer than brahma. We've been here longer than a hundred brahmas. 
Mm. We're thousands of guys. Even with all the but here we are, and we're finished. Now, we're, it's, right, it's time to get on the, it's time to get on the plane to fly away. It's like you're getting your visa to India. Because you're leaving. So we're like that with, our, with this material world. This Krishna consciousness taking the guru, <laughs> chanting Hare Krishna, doing service. It's like getting your visa to get out of here. Finished. We're not going to India today. Or tomorrow. But we are soon. And we're doing things now to prepare for that moment when we're getting on the plane. I think you're going to enjoy India a great deal. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know I am. I think, I, like I told you, I think I told you or Atula, it's just going to, everything's going to, it's just going to feel more real. Because, you know, more real in a sense of like, you hear about the pastimes, you know, you hear about all these different things, you know, the places, these holy places, but then you're going to actually, then I'm going to actually be able to step foot in them, see these places where Lord Chaitanya, experience walking on the same ground that Lord Chaitanya walked, seeing his house, seeing Jagannath Puri, the deity, and it was an ecstasy on the floor, like, all these things that just become more real when you're actually there. Yeah. It was like oh, this actually did happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened right here. It's hard to The actual spot where Lord Chaitanya started the sanctuary is right there near the The house where they chanted the holy names, like in his in personal associates, they chanted for hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours nonstop. And they're all going and experiencing all these ecstatic We'll take tours while we're there. <laughs> we'll go see all those different well, houses. Yeah. I'm going to take you guys off. <clears throat> I just want to like prepare myself because I want to be in like the right consciousness to really appreciate. I want to be able to just leading up to the moments. I want to keep on, you know, because I want to be able to appreciate that even more, you know. And then I was like, no, yeah, because like I'm wearing a bathing suit. I wish I knew. 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 I no. <laughs> no. Well, you guys, they kick you out. Take your hand oh. and you put it. Like, it was like, it was great though. Like, I was like, it was like, I didn't feel that water. Please? It was like, it was like, it was like, 
Is there weight to the water? Have you felt like, is there a weight to the water? Like there's what? Like weight. Do you feel like it, it kind of is heavy? No. What does it feel like? It just feels real soothing. In a hard way to describe, it's, it's real soothing. Cooling, refreshing, refreshing. You know, there's just something about it. It's not it's just and then, uh, water. It's something that really strange. Radakun and Shamakun both. It's not ordinary water. You can tell me. He still had some left? We ought to get a container and bring back enough for everybody. Yeah. I gave some to Ram Gopal and he drank it from his hand. And I tried drinking it. Oh my god, it was so, it was the most, I'm not, no offense to Radakun, but it tasted like, I, like I've never tasted water, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, but it felt like purifying, but it's, in some way, but it felt like it was the most like hard. It was just, it was. What did it taste like? I can't describe. It was, a, it, was a, it was a nasty taste. Really? It was very nasty. And it's been sitting for years. <laughs> the Rangapanta said, you know, he took it and he's just like, it's so sweet. And I'm like, I was like, and then I was thinking, okay, it's gonna be really sweet. The water. <laughs> I was. That's what I when I was when I, when I was when I when I took it. I thought it was gonna be really sweet. I thought it was like he said. It's gonna be. It's really sweet. And I was like, okay, how is water sweet? And then I tried it. And I like almost threw up. I almost threw up. I feel so bad saying that, but I almost threw up. There's this guy, his name is John. Yeah, he's not yeah. for somebody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. 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 Thank you for Oh, <laughs> that's <Dramatic. laughs> Sorry. Funny. He's in San Francisco. Oh, okay. I've been here like, a few times. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Two morning yeah. 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 Just like, yeah, I'm just like,
She's so sweet, Sam. She comes, she comes, sits with us, and Hari knows the chance with us. She's been coming here all the time, all the time. She has a little, little baby, Luna. She brought her to the temple, and the little girl had a plate of like kitchen. You know, you know, such a, you know, the has such a distinct taste and everything. But the little girl was. She was just eating wow. the kitchen. Yeah, anyway, like, that's, that's, I've never seen somebody eat kitchen yeah, for the first yeah, time like yeah, that. Like, you know, because usually they kind of like, they taste it and they're, it's like really different. But this little girl was just, oh my God, she's eating the kitchen. Yeah. See, Krishna sends people like her. It's like a blessing. Yeah, when you, when you taste water cream, when you're there, it's not as good. Okay. When you keep it in a bottle for years. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Yes, yes, yes. It's okay, don't worry. Okay. I'll pray to Krishna that you're staying healthy okay. as pleasant and as short as possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Gurudev, one question. I've been really intrigued and I've been looking at uh, prayers from Narotam. 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 And Bhaktivinoda Kaur's prayers. And I've been, it's been, it's been the most, they're just the most beautiful prayers that I've ever encountered. And I just, I wonder if, if, if that's something that is it okay for me to enter in those, like enter in those prayers and meditate on them? I want all you, all you guys to read Bhakti Vinod, not just, I want you to read both. Read the Read it again and again. What a feeling. It really, because even though they're the most the most purest of devotees they still it's like they take the, like this position of being like this really this conditioned soul you know like this like like really deep in mind this conditioned soul they're feeling themselves really low because they're here I mean, I was like, I was like, say, why do I not even have any case? They have tremendous taste, but they really don't believe that they do because they know that the taste they can have. 
is even less. greater. I remember so, a lot in the morning. Please don't so, remember it with us. We may have a little bit. Yeah, it's in your hand. What is that? Like, just, just oh, we don't have, have a lot. Like, they they have no, no, no. It's just it's it's like, like, a measurable amount. I was like, I'm just praying. And they don't have a lot. And then, like, I'm sitting there and I showed them, like, a plug. We're in Maya where we think we've got a lot. It's like, oh, that's cool. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to make you That's fine. Holy name is. Yeah, just be prepared to respond. Yeah. It's unlimited. How can we say, yes, I have a full appreciation for the Holy Name? If we really did, then we'd never stop chanting. We don't. But we know. And that's what saves us. We don't have a full temptation. But we know we don't. And we're working on it. Because it keeps us. Come in more and more in a way. Sometimes lots by lots by lots. But it keeps increasing. We just have to follow the It's like the more that you're aware of what it is, it becomes even. It's like I'm not even anything close to it. As your appreciation for it develops, you start feeling the magnitude of it. Did you have T-Lock? Yeah. No, it's not just sixteen syllables. When you start to realize the magnitude of it, then you feel like I don't have any appreciation. Well, Although you may, compared to everyone around you, you might. You need something compact. I mean, you don't. Know. If you think you do, then you're in my The people who think they're the good devotees. The people who are convinced that they're the most rotten devotees. They're the best devotees. When I sleep. Just kind of listen. Narakam Das Thakur. It should be east or south. Just listen to really? him. He, he's convinced he's, that he's not. Yeah, I think they're searching. Not even a devotee. Yeah, think about it. Wait, so like, so... It's not a show. Bhakti Vinod Thakur wasn't a show. No. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm the most unfortunate. When or when that day we might When will I relish? When will I have some appreciation? When will this hardest stone be softened? So it's like when those people, like, there are certain people that say, oh, I'm the most fallen, and there's this. It's like, you, you don't even know what that, you don't even know what the most fallen is. Right. It's like you can't said, even think you're not the most anything. You're not the most anything. To think you're the most means you think you're special. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm more fallen than you are. But I'm saying for her, 
That's what humbles us, right? I don't care what level I'm on. I don't care what where I register. I just want Krishna. That's all I want. I don't want anybody else. Someone to say, oh, look, he's this or he's that. I just want Krishna. There's like a whole so. What if I never take any spiritual advancement, but I get Krishna? Is it you get Krishna? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, in all but I never. I never learned all the shlokas. I just wanted you all this time, Krishna. But if you want Krishna, you get Krishna. Of course, along the way, we're going to learn because we want Krishna. We're going to study. We're going to learn. But yes. so we're and never, and like, 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 if we're sincere, we're not going to think, oh, I know the Bhagavad Gita, I know, I know, I know, I can quote so many shlokas. So, like, so you're going to be thinking, even though I know so much, I have, I don't have you, Chris. And the nature of the building was different, too. It was like, it was like kind of a museum. just want you. And then there was like my friend Gino was there. Yeah. Like it was like play your rata. He's like, can you help me get Christian? Yeah. So and then he was like, no yeah, one gave us ashes if we left it. Yeah, put it on the sure. Yeah. 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 Actually, and then it comes to like and you were the next one that you got from the brother in the gym. It was like I was at work. Yeah, yeah. It popped. It did. Yeah, it popped when I was in LA, like the first day. I think I was becoming too proud of it. Did you lose it? I think I was becoming too proud of it. Did you lose it? No. You want me to string it back for you? You want me to do that? Yeah. What about fishing line? You would do that? It was really fine. I would leave like the opportunity. Uh, so yeah. I, was, I was just wondering who am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna put it back together? You get all to me. Put it in the back. Then I'll take it and figure out the string. Well, some of it started to because the string that it's on is not very good. I was like, oh, I gotta do something. I think I was becoming way too proud of it. I was thinking, oh my gosh, look at all I was telling people. Look at me. Look at I got the mercy of God. <laughs> but then it, I, I genuinely, I think I got way too proud And then like, I was, I was bending down like this. And usually sometimes my torso gets in my neck a little bit, and I have to pull it down. And I pull, I pulled my torso, and I pulled it at the same time. <laughs> Shattered all over, all over the bathroom floor. And I, you didn't lose your No, I, I picked up every single one. Yeah. And it was like spread out. It was spread out all over the bathroom, and I was like, "Oh yeah, my goodness!" And I picked. What were they strong on? Just a string. Yeah. Like a flimsy old like thin string. Just a cotton string, probably. Yeah, cotton string. It wasn't nothing like like I put mine on like fishing wire too. Yeah. And I put the clasp. Awesome. Uh, you remember Christine? Remember Christine? Yeah. She yeah. did that for me. Yeah, I've got.